Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You are listening to Dream. Episode 2, An Ocean Deep. The monstrous gurgling of the thing I cannot name resounds behind me. My hands grow slick with tears as I attempt to shut out the light and picture a place that was once happy. A place that was never this one. In my manufactured darkness, I see a meadow, laced with golden flowers that rise to ankles and tickle flesh. Clouds like gossamer strewn across an azure sky. One hundred yards away, Henry laughs, skips, plays with Howard, our family beagle, dead for years but never forgotten. Henry runs, tosses the pigskin, elicits Howard's yammering barks, draws closer under the dazzling sun, pink-cheeked and plump. I wait with hands on hips, a stark cosmic mirror of my mother from an alternate timeline. Laugh. Find myself drawn to the flowers and grasses that grow and creep up my legs. Green blades and buttery blossoms crawling around my calves like insectoid antennae, stalking up my thighs. Among the grasses, I see snakes and wonder then if the gelatinous creature with its strange appendages has invaded even this private world of mine. 
as though this violation was just one of so many wonders of its unending possibilities. Henry races towards me, mirth morphed to madness as his jaw drops and fear stains his eyes. The sun plummets from the sky, dragging clouds, collecting birds, taken by a distorted and sudden rush of gravity as all light fails and even the moon hides its face this night. It is warm around my waist, and I realise then that Henry is hugging me, arms wrapped tightly. Only, when I open my eyes, it's not Henry, and the only consolation that finds me is the reality that I haven't allowed my bladder its uncontrolled eruptions. It's the only solace that can be as I stare around the growing body of water that fills the cavern, the miasmic creature nowhere now to be seen. There is no longer an exit to this place, the walls sealed and shut, and as I hunt for the source of the water's flow, I begin to understand that the source of this rising tide is my own unhappiness and terror. I cannot prevent the tears trailing from my cheeks, and with each droplet that ripples the surface of this fetid new pond, the water swells and levies until it is to my neck, and I know that soon I shall drown. My breath comes in aching hitches, I wish I did not cry, but fear has overtaken, and now the dewy pearls come in rapid succession, and I am rising, rising, lifting through the chute to this strange new world, as though expelled through the granite throat of a gagging stone golem. Water swirls around me and drags me beneath, and I am privy to a world of liquid wonder. With each rising note, the cavern below fades from view, and silver shoals glimmer around me dart like dust in sclera, can never be captured, can never be witnessed in true. I hold my breath, lungs aching for oxygen, as I both think and rise and whirl and twist and drown and ascend and marvel at the monstrous things that I imagine in the dark. My eyes sting from sobs, my eyes sting from salt. Currents and tides form, and I am thrown around green and murky waters, buffeted by invisible tides, as aquatic life diversifies and gives me a glimpse of the evolution of the world. Crustaceans, cephalopods, all manner of bony, jawless and cartilaginous fish flock and scurry and flee from my presence. I spy clownfish and porpoise, dance with mermaids and manatees, drown among colossal squid and leviathan, fight for air. Reach an arm, find no purchase, no salvation. My body judders and shakes, throat belching bubbles that obscure the view of this wonderland. Laugh, allow the passage of my own salty tears to race down my gullet. Surrender, find peace as I float, as I drift, as I fall. Fireworks blossom in the cavern of my mind as I drown and fade. A great smile appears in the dazzling lights, stretching from periphery to periphery, cat-like and serene. Yet I know this must be Henry. A smile just for me. A smile to bring me peace as I gargle my final notes and accept my watery fate. Allow myself to end. It is so peaceful here in dying, so calm, so still. I am gently rocked in the arms of the Lord, 
cradled in his bosom as light grows around me, and I know that I am his. I will meet the rest here soon. My family, my loved ones, I will await their ascension into heaven. We will laugh about this fever dream of mine, and that will be the end of it. Reminisce of our mortal time on earth, and... Wake up! Hot pain flares across my cheek. Alice! No, no, Alice! Wake up! Please! Another strike of the iron, searing and whip-sharp. No, 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 no! The desperate sound of a man that I once knew. A man that raised me. Sat on wrinkled cheeks as my bedside and coddled my ills. This isn't funny anymore. Please, Alice, wake up! A third strike that jolts me from my wooden bed and sets me upright. My head swims as the ocean expels itself from my lungs and across my lap in a lukewarm torrent. My tonsils protest. Throat is scratched and raw. Has anyone ever vomited this much salt water? Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> a relieved chuckle. You're alive. Thank Azathoth, you're alive. Azathoth? I look into the face of my father. No, not my father. A cruel and twisted distortion of my father staring back at me. By all accounts, it is he. Chestnut eyes and crooked nose. A small scar on his left cheek from tripping in the barn and catching his face on the splintered door. But it is also an alarming number of malformities that steal my inhalations. Springs to mind haunting visages of my rabbit brother. For my father's skin is putrid green. Slimed and scaled in mottled patches. His head is domed. Hairless and gleaming under the silver glow of a sickle moon that looms threatening in the sky. Where there should have been ears are instead two holes, and a selection of claw-like gashes pink his neck and pucker in animated shallow gasps, like the gills of a submerged creature. I shuffle back, splinters hooking barbs on the pads of my palms as I grow the distance between us until the sides of the watery vessel prevents further escape and I see for the first time that I am on a large wooden ship. A tattered sail flaps in the breeze as white foam waves rattle around us, dizzying our motion on an endless emerald ocean. Accommodating the deck are more of the haunted green figures, less man and more fish than my father, oblivious to his current plight as they set about their maritime duties. Alice? My father draws closer. I know as well as he does that there is nowhere left for me to go. My head pounds, throat itching and yet somehow impossibly dry despite the truth that only moments ago I had believed myself drowned. I stare unblinking, uncertain of my next move. Every play of intention I have taken since leaving home has only sped up this nightmarish roller coaster, and I dare not imbalance the scales further. Alice. He casts a cruel illusion of a smile. Sharp, filed teeth like thumbtacks embedded in his blackened gums. Oh, Alice. You're here. It's really you. They said that you wouldn't come, but here you are. At last. The one who will set us free. Father? My fish father glances over his shoulders, certain that I have spotted someone to whom he is yet unacquainted. You... I confirm. You are not. Your father. My fish father's grin widens, 
splitting his face horizontally in two. He arches back, rents an explosive bark to the skies as lightning crashes on the horizon and thunder drowns his haunting belch. Oh, I'm sorry, Alice. I am not your father, no. But you are our mother, aren't you? The one who was sent to set us free, to break our chains and end this tidal pool of infinity. His eyes sparkle, hope shining like diamonds in his black pupils. It's really you. You're here. I I don't understand. What are you saying? I ask, finding a courage that has lain dormant. Who's here to save you? How do you know my name? He crosses the threshold between us, crouches to eye level. His shoulders are broad, blocking out my view of the ship, but not quickly enough for me to abandon the image of the giant white blubbery swell I just glimpsed breaking the waves before disappearing beneath the waters. You are here to save us, Alice. It's as the prophecies have foretold. A virginal human plucked from the waves, able to tread the boundaries of reality to end her reign of terror. Hot tears prick my eyes, brought forth from the offence of this new scent. This fish-father creature that stinks of coastlines and seaweed, offal and ocean. A creature that brings my gorge high in my throat and threatens a fresh lashing of brackish water from the depths of my exhausted stomach. When I reply, my voice is weak. I don't understand. It's written in the scripture. My fish father declares, frenzied with excitement as he paces back and forth before me, hands exploring the slick dome of his head, eyes alight with the birth of stars. The book, it's in the book, Alice. It's written in the pages, passed down for generations. For eons we have sailed, searching for land, never finding coastline, and yet here you are, birthed from the waters. Blonde haired and blue eyed and oh so real. I force myself to my feet, fighting shaking knees. My patience grows thin, world tossed from pillar to post in the wake of my brother's vacancy. Hot anger surges my veins, and before I'm aware of what I'm doing, my fists are beating his chest. His ribcage defends his organs, shallow skin yielding beneath each pound like moist dough. The others of his kind pause and study my attack, and with one final shove of pent-up rage, I force him several steps back. Enough of your riddles! Speak clearly and true. Tell me where I am. What am I doing here? How do I free myself of this place? Where is my brother? How do I get home? Waves rise around us, as if emboldened by my own inner tempest. Lightning blinds and strobic bursts, breaking the sky in shades of neon green. Another swell of blubbery white creature like the white whale of Captain Ahab teases the ocean surface, its mass the size of stadiums. My fish father looks about his comrades. The ship lists sharply, but they remain standing. Meanwhile, I fight for balance. The air grows thicker with the acrid smell of offal and it's all I can do to hold his gaze under jellied legs. Alice. He draws closer. I freeze. A hand that is webbed between fingers is placed on my shoulder, as each word uttered sends a wave of nautical spray from a lipless mouth to my skin. You are the chosen one, Alice. For thousands of years, we have waited for you to release us, 
to allow us the dockage on dry land where we may escape this endless chase from our ocean demons. Another swell and a flash of white, unnoticed by my fish father. You are the true bearer of the Necronomicon, the one who will harness its pages and break us from the prison she seeks to bind us in. It is on you to find this artifact, translate its knowledge, and free our kind forever, before the Queen lays her hands on the relic. The Queen? What Queen? In my mind I see a flash of hearts, stitched onto the back of black cloaks. The Red Queen? My fish father crows, oblivious to the increasing volume of slithering appendages that emerge from the water and grow closer to the ship. Surrounds the hull, crowds the waves. The one who seeks to awaken the great Cthulhu from his watery bed in Rulier. Cthulhu? A book. Tentacles. A monster. An ancient cosmic being, the first to rise of the great old ones. Should the Red Queen call Cthulhu from his slumber, all that we've ever known will crash around us, drowning us in the eternal void of darkness as she gains passage into the dreamlands. My head pounds, heart races, a great scaly crown rises from the water, slicing the ocean in two like the segmented wings of a colossal bat. Each articulation spikes the air, daggers and teeth from a monster hungry for the universe don't understand any of what this means. Isn't this the dreamlands? Now the cries erupt, now the fish figures panic, and in their frenzy all hell breaks loose. As the dome of the monolithic head follows the skyscraper spikes out of the ocean, the water pulses, propels us across the rise and fall of tsunamis. Great gusts rush around us as I race to the mast and hold on for dear life. My fish father joined at the pillar with me screaming against the spray of foam. Find the Necronomicon, Alice. The pages will tell you what you must know. Your brother, your world. There's only one way back. Let the great eye guide you. The ship lists leeward, the bow rising into the sky. I scream as fish figures drop like raisins into the mouth of this titanic new monstrosity, a creature of hilarious and unholy proportions. Its eyes the size of cathedrals, each one of its teeth a spire. Water drains and flushes and whirls into its cavernous maw, threatening to swallow us whole. What is that thing? I scream, fingers white-knuckled as I hang over the void of this creature's gullet. Before my fish father can reply, the ship rights itself and the ocean quells. The untold god closes its monstrous maw and we are granted a moment of respite as it digests its catch. Secure the rigging! My fish father bellows. Batten down the hatches! Full speed ahead! Land ho! A voice calls back, the insanity of the truth draining the colour from my fish father's face. In the distance, a coastline appears, a jagged strip of golden sand nestled beneath a scorching sun that has broken clouds and shines a thick ray of light upon this foreign haven stark in contrast to the sooty sky above us. A jade forest lines the coast, the colour dazzling enough to prick the eyes. Full speed ahead! My fish father confirms, bracing himself against the wind as the ship races across waves that stretch like continents. 
rising and falling across valleys and peaks as the mammoth titan gives chase, erupts with protest and drives us onward. Its cries are bending metal, its calls are crashing comets, each determined stroke of titanic arms a propellants that, in a cruel twist of its own irony, shoot us further from its clutches. White foam absorbs us, rain upwards and cloaks our vision. I can't make out individual voices, but I can smell collective fear. That same scent that tells of urine-soaked sheets and sweat from adrenal glands. The ship bounces upward, rises on the current and flies free. This crew of ours now suspended and slave to no more physical master for a blip in time until the shore stretches sandy fingers and draws us to its safety. The ship grinds to a halt on the sand cocks its head like a curious bird. Sun blinds us. Silence screams. I wait for what feels like an eternity, gathering my breath in this temporary bubble of relief. It's at the first call of strange coastal birds that I open my eyes and peel myself from the mast. The ocean is calmed, and the only sign that remains from our unholy pursuer the gentle gathering of foamy bubbles and the trailing of one long sharp peak of the crown as it stalks towards the horizon and returns disappointed to its watery domain my skin prickles sensitive and salt stung at the sound of timber crashing against wood i discover my fish father has begun guiding his kin off the ship and onto the shore they are as astounded and confused as i Eyes wide and marvelling as some drop to their knees, fingers threading through sand. Others kiss the coast, tongues spitting out grains. A small minority simply cry. After a few breaths of recovery, I follow the remaining crew, awaiting my turn to disembark. At the bottom of the gangway, I step onto sand that should be scorching but is cool on the soles of my feet. I approach my grinning fish father as he beckons with a long hooked finger. The prophecy is realized. What was that thing out there? I ask, unable to shake the titan's image from my memory. I wonder if the aquatic monstrosity shall always live in the blinking darkness of my eyelids. My fish father looks out to the ocean, sunlight causing his chestnut eyes to gleam like andesolite. A Dagon, a creature of the before and the greatest nemesis of our people. We were cursed to sail these endless waters, never able to rest through fear of attack. I wondered for a moment if today would be the day our adventure came to an end, but alas, the scriptures speak true. He looks down at me. You have arrived. I nod, uncertain what to say. His conviction only has me more unsure, and as I find the question to ask, I already know what the answer is to become. Why do you hold the face of my father? My fish father thinks about this for a long moment, scours the sand at his feet for answers, relinquishes. This I do not know. This world works in mysterious ways, little one. You will find many more riddles and anomalies before our journey reaches its conclusion. It would do you well not to draw on sense if you are to survive these lands. I sigh, nod. Turn to the forest and bask momentarily in its wonder. The foliage is dense, 
Green palms and fronds like verdant jewels, fungi and plant life limning the space like the afterbirth of a rainbow. Calls of fauna and insects fill the sky, and though I am afraid, I am also resolved in my purpose. You spoke of a book, one that I must find to free myself from this reality. I did. Where might it be? My fish father's eyes narrow, staring in the direction I knew he would. I cannot give you specific instruction, for all I know from the scripture is that you alone must find it. These are strange lands, filled with all manner of bizarre, wonderful, and deadly beings. Seek out the Necronomicon, and you shall find all that you need to accomplish your task. But I bite my lip. I, I am afraid. It does not do to dwell on fear, for it is our own fear, not that of others, that holds us captive and shrinks our possibilities. A wet hand holds my shoulder. Save fear for those who oppose you, Alice. Bringer of land, breaker of worlds. He frowns, repeats once more. Let the great eye guide you. Knowing not what to reply, I stalk away from the fish figures, feet leaving gentle impressions in the sand. Soon enough I stand before the vast and lustrous wilderness, the air fragranced with a cocktail of dewdrops and ripening things. For half a moment, I fancy that I spy the ghost of my rabbit brother between the fonds. For half a moment, I believe I am brave enough to accomplish this task. Stealing myself with a long breath, I take my first steps forward, feet breaking new ground into this wondrous forest as I heed my fish father's advice and allow the great eye to spur me onward. We hope you enjoyed this special Halloween episode of The Other Stories. Find out more about us and join our exclusive community at theotherstories.net. Dream was written by Daniel Wilcox, with audio production by Jimmy Horrors. Georgia Cook plays the role of Alice. Manny Realguy plays the role of the Fish Father. Josh Curran plays the role of Henry, with a cameo from myself, Daniel Wilcox. Theme music was provided by Duncan Muggleton, with artwork by creativeparameter.com. For a full list of contributors, including contact links and further information, check out the show notes of this episode. Finally, a special thank you to this episode's sponsors. Shadow and Spice Book Box. Quarterly subscription boxes for lovers of fantasy, horror and dark romance. Sign up now at bookboxcanada.com. And Eerie River Publishing, an independent publishing house specialising in dark fantasy and horror. Find out more at eerieriverpublishing.com. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver, and is brought to you with a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means, share the heck out of it.